The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. All right, welcome back to the community of Big Hearts. Uh, this week, we're with Craig Blyze uh, from Earl's, um, one of Canada's largest uh, restaurant chains. And we're continuing to explore the, the restaurant industry and some of the, the issues and, and through these conversations, realizing some of the solutions that are coming out of it. Um, there's always impact that we can have, which we're trying to uh, do with the community of Big Hearts. So, Craig, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about um, yourself, your role at, at Earl's and, and your company. Yeah, thanks, Stu. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, we've I've been with the company for 23 years, and the uh, Earl's restaurants have been around for I think 38 years now. So uh, quite of uh, quite a long time. And um, and currently, my role I've went from operations um, all the way up to chief operating officer now. And uh, so I oversee our, our culinary development department, our technology department, human resources, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's basically what I uh, what I do with the team, and um, and uh, we move. You know, we do a lot of innovation on my side with client development and tech. So we've been in this whole pivot uh, game since COVID nineteen uh, began. No doubt. How, how many? Just to give us uh, the scale of what you're uh, working with. Um, how many locations do you oversee, and approximately how many employees? Uh, Pre-COVID-19, we had 67 locations, still do today, which is great news. And, uh, but pre-COVID-19, we were at 7,000 employees. And today, we, uh, we sit at approximately about 550 employees. Wow. Now that, uh, I'm so thankful for you to come on and talk about this issue um, and, and help give people a perspective of how impacted, in this case, in a negative way, um, our people are in this industry with with the food industry being canada's um, or one of canada's largest industries and the scale of how it's impacted um these restaurants and the people that work in it um it, it, it's leaving a, a mark and so we've talked about in previous episodes how um this isn't just just left at the restaurant um uh, side of things where this is impacting the farmers, it's impacting the food banks, it's impacting every, so many youth out there who are, are depending on paychecks from restaurant chains like yourselves. So um, I, I hear that, or I understand that you guys have come up with some way to pivot and, and be innovative to try and solve this problem. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing, Craig? Yeah, for sure. I, you're you're exactly right. I mean, this has impacted um, so many different industries, and 
you know, from entertainment to hospitality, travel and accommodation. It's, uh, you know, everything that we do is resolved, uh, revolves around food. And uh, so our, our food chain is impacted by this. Um, our suppliers that we've been in business with for 38 years have been uh, drastically impacted as well. And, um, and uh, definitely all of our employees. I think one of the biggest things out there that people don't realize is restaurants only make usually anywhere maybe from five to seven cents on the dollar. And so when something like this happens, it is, uh, it is a catastrophe in our business because of the loss of profits and, uh, and just, you know, the, the ability to stay open or, or make any relevant uh, money out of it is, is very, very difficult, even at the best of times, let alone uh, in a crisis like this. And so when, you know, when COVID-19 hit us and we had a, um, the government reg, uh, regu regulation was that we had to shut down our restaurants. We could provide third-party delivery only. We basically lost about 80 to 90% of our business uh, in one night. And uh, so after about a week of, um, of dealing with uh, only third-party delivery, we had to start really looking at how do we create different channels uh, that can generate some revenue uh, so we don't have to shut these restaurants down and uh, or shut them down completely because if we have to shut them down completely, it's only due to the utilities, the rent and everything else that we have to be paying on an ongoing basis. And so we have to generate the revenue just to cover those minimal costs of turning the lights on every single day. And so the, one of the first channels that we decided that to go after was, um, sorry about that one second. Uh, sorry about that, Stu. No problem at all. Um, and so one of the channels that we had to go for was uh, Earl's Grocery. And and that came out of seeing what the pain points were in the, um, in the, you know, in the, in the grocery world, watching these big lineups, hearing from our customers, how they were scared to go to the, the grocery stores. And so we decided that, hey, we have a huge supply chain here. We uh, partnered with uh, a lot of our suppliers. They can't sell the food because the restaurant businesses are going down. And uh, so how do we access that supply chain, give a need to our customer base that, that do trust our food, we have great quality food, and how can we put some uh, things together to be able to sell to them? And so we were able to pivot and, and create an Earl's Grocery uh, business out of this. We created Earl's at Home, which is uh, kits that you can take home and make your own uh, margarita kits, your own uh, different things at home. So, um, and then the other two other uh, pivots that we made was the Earl's Liquor Store, as well as uh, Earl's Rituals. Earl's Rituals going after, you know, uh, ensuring that we can provide an experience, um, you know, for Mother's Day or for Cinco de Mayo that we're in right now, um, and, and et cetera, like, uh, you know, different, uh, different things like that. So it's, it's helped us keep the lights on, so to speak. I mean, we're still losing money, but uh, we're just trying to look for different ways of uh, generating revenue, uh, helping out the community as much as possible. So that way they don't have to stand in those lineups. And then, uh, and third, you know, how can we keep as many people employed through this, uh, through this crisis as possible? This, um, Greg, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps because um, this problem um, that you guys were facing and the solution that you come up with is, is really solving so many issues um, as, as I understand it. Um, again, we talked about this a little bit before where we, we learned that the farmers were actually burying some of the food. The, the farmers that supplied restaurants had no more customers. 
and they can't just shelve it. Um, and, and it was too costly for them to just bring it to food banks. Um, so they, they needed some customer or they just had to bury it. Um, so one of the programs in the States that I was doing a little bit of reading on was the government was trying to um, pay restaurants to stay open to do this and act as a food bank. And, and it seems like you guys have taken it one step further and figured out how to make this um, a, you know, a small gross margin um, profit center where you're able to now afford to pay a little bit more of keeping your lights on and, and keep people employed to run this program and to have the farmers have some income. They're not, they're not just burying food and it's keeping people out of the food banks because now you're keeping more people employed. This, this is such an amazing solution. Uh, I mean, I realize that you're not employing as many people as you used to, but you're doing what you can with the tools that you're given. You've looked at the pain point and you found a solution uh, or a partial solution to what's happening. And if more people did what you're doing and acted as a community as we, as we used to know it um, and cared for everyone, we would be so much better off. Um, as we've started to say now that business is one of, if not the best platform for social change. And you guys are being a part of that, just acting as an efficient um, business. So well done. Well, thank you, Stu. Yes, I hope um, I hope more of these you know great ideas can come out of this. Uh, not only in the hospitality business, but you know I believe any crisis that comes our way, you know, there's opportunity and possibility that comes out of it, and we just got to be looking for it. And if we can be looking through the lens of mankind and helping each other out and creating that community uh, of you know like-minded people coming together and help each each other out, I think you know uh, our country, our planet will be in a better possibility in the future. Uh, because of it. So, so you're the, the chief operating officer at Earl's and responsible for a large amount of people. Um, how has the, um, from the top down, um, supported you and why is this important to your company other than just, just profits? Is there something in your culture that um, makes this important to you guys? Yeah, we're a family-owned business, and so the Fuller family has been uh, very generous through this whole process. Obviously, scary times, and, and, and a lot of tough decisions have to be made, but um, we believe that we, you know, for 38 years, we're not in the food, uh, we're not in the food business, we're in the people business, and, uh, and so our mantra has always been, how do we develop unbelievable managers and head chefs uh, within our culture? And, and how do we take care of them uh, along the way? And, and so as soon as the COVID-19 crisis hit, you know, one of the first things that we did was that we knew that we were gonna have to um, uh, downsize and uh, let a lot of partners, hourly partners um, uh, be released. And so, we, you know, we ensured that they got paid that first, you know, that first uh, week that they're off. Um, and so we took care of all of them. And, and then for me and, and the, the entire executive team, all of our GMs, all of our head chefs, you know, we've been in constant uh, conversation with the family in terms of uh, how do we pivot? Uh, how do we generate more sales? But how do we take care of our people? 
how do we reach out to our suppliers, make sure that they're in this for the long haul because we need them to be successful out of this. And so their support, um, their ideas, you know, coming from the board of directors is, is, you know, greatly enhances our ability to be successful through this process. So we're lucky that we're a family-owned business. They've been around for 38 years and they want to be around for that, another 38 years. And so every decision that we get to make today is for the longevity of the company, not for what benefits us short term. Awesome. How's the program going? Um, the program is going great. Uh, you know, when we launched Earl's Grocery, I had, uh, I had no idea how it was going to go. Uh, but, you know, one of our number one uh, selling items is our, um, is our protein packs. So you get uh, barbecue ribs, salmon, uh, burger, and some steaks. And that is one of our number one selling items out there. Uh, it's great quality uh, uh, proteins. Um, it's all fresh. And so uh, it's been selling extremely well. I did. I had no idea it would sell as much as uh, it is. We're actually selling more barbecue ribs today than we would be selling uh, in dining if, it, if in dining was uh, open. So it's crazy. And then our number two selling uh, item is toilet paper, which I never thought Earl's would ever be in the business of selling toilet paper. But hey, we have a we have a supply chain of it uh, and dedicated to us. And so we might as well give access to our customers. I can't get it at, at grocery stores. Uh, and then our number three item has been uh, our Cajun spice, which is a, uh, a hot item inside of our restaurants in terms of our Cajun chicken or our Cajun steak. And so to be able to give that proprietary uh, spice that we make uh, to our customers and have it at home is, is pretty special for them. So it's been going extremely well. Um, again, the margins are very slim, but uh, we believe, you know, even almost like a lost leader, uh, we believe that this is creating brand love. It's giving uh, people something to take home to, to talk about, create an experience of, and, and if we can solve a problem for them, then, then that's better for us uh, in the long term. So it's been going extremely well, but it's, uh, we would love to have in-dining back open when it's safe and when uh, each community can you know, be, um, be able to go back to, to restaurants without, uh, without uh, putting themselves at risk. So we can't wait to be back in the experience game. I can't wait for you guys to be back. I miss, I miss those experiences, especially um, an Earl's experience. Um, I've always found it so impressive to have so many locations and have that consistently great um, service experience throughout and, and running a business myself and having multiple locations, I know how difficult that is. Um, and and uh, training the, the youth um, to deliver that is, is incredible. And that's why I enjoy seeing you guys succeed. Um, so yeah, well done. And I miss it. We is miss there, you being um, in the restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that, um, any other messages you, you'd like to get out there um, for people to know? Um, any other messages? I, you know, I think we're in it for a long haul. I think the restaurant business uh, as well as travel and entertainment is, uh, it's, it, it's going to be interesting what the new normalcy will look like in the next uh, 18 to 24 months. And so, um, you know, for everyone out there, just when restaurants do reopen, you know, support your local restaurants, uh, understand that, you know, government regulations are going to put them in a bind with six feet social distancing and, uh, you know, 50% capacity in some cases. 
And so just be patient when you're going back. We're all learning through this. None of us, um, you know, us or our competitors have ever been through this type of, of uh, situation. And so there's going to be some growing pains, and um, but we're all in it for our customers and, and to provide experiences for them. So we just need everyone to be patient uh, through this process until we get to some type of new normalcy in the future. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it from Craig. Uh, please be patient, be kind, and go support your restaurants. Looking forward to being back in one of your restaurants, Craig, and thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it, Stu. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. If you know someone in your community who is a leader doing great things and driving change, a contributor who is on a passionate mission to help their community through a nonprofit or a foundation, or a community member just doing their part to make their community a better place, please send Stu an email and let him know and maybe they can be featured on a future episode of The Community of Big Hearts. You can email Stu at Stu at twosmallmen.com. Again, that's Stu at twosmallmen.com. Thank you again for listening.